This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. I'm glad you've tuned in. What are you guys pointing at? What, me? what I do? I got some... Do I got something hanging right here? Look, right? No? I'm just asking. The folks behind the glass today are having a lot of fun at my expense, folks. Which is okay. Which, you know what? I actually put on a nice shirt, and these are my good jeans. I only wear these, like, once a month. Huh? Look good? Is that your, what are you telling me? Look good? Yeah? Shema, that's kind of creepy. Seriously. Are you telling me that? Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, everybody. I'm glad you tuned in. Telephone numbers 800-288-WBAP. 800-288-9227. You know what's funny? The headlines from the leader of the basket of bias, CNN. Trump says he's under investigation. Trump has no way of knowing. The Washington Post has no way of knowing. The New York Times has no way of knowing if the investigation that is being conducted is legitimate. If it's a legitimate investigation, nobody should know about it. Just FYI. We'll get more on that coming up. Telephone number again is 800-288-WBAP. Get in touch with the show on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX. Flavors. What did I say? What? What did I say? Did I say the wrong number? This is the blaze. Did I say the wrong number? No, you said WBAP. Oh, you know what? It was bound to happen sooner or later. I was going to get the wrong phone number in. So just forget what I just said. (laughs) 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. Folks, it's bound to happen. When you do three radio shows, you're going to get a a different phone number in there on occasion. Uh, 888-900-3393 here for The Blaze if you want to go in right now. Uh, You're going to be disappointed if you call the other number. (laughs) I'll just... Well, no, no. I mean... A pal of mine is working there right now, but I'm just, it won't be me. That's what I meant. If you're, if you're wanting to talk to me, maybe curse me out, then you'll be disappointed. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. A social media, uh, the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook. Twitter is at Chris Salcedo TX. Theblaze.com. Go there in the channel section, find the Chris Salcedo Show. Theblaze.com slash radio for on uh, right now listening as we're going live. 
If you want to listen live too, you can go to the Blaze Radio smartphone app, the iHeart Radio app as well. On demand listening, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. So let's do the uh, let's do the flip around, and we'll start off with the aforementioned CNN. See what they're talking about. Stories attributed to anonymous officials, particularly when they do not identify the country, let alone the branch or agency of government with which the alleged sources supposedly are affiliated. I, this is kind of out of out of the blue. We don't know exactly where, what the context of this. When you saw it, what were you thinking? Well, what I was thinking is there are a lot of stories about the ongoing investigation, whether it be the special counsel or whether it be investigations going on elsewhere uh, that uh, have not been pleasing to anybody. In yeah, uh, Rod Rosenstein put out a rather cryptic tweet today. And in that tweet, he was saying, you know, you folks have got to be cautious. you got to be cautious when you're uh, hearing reports about investigations f and unnamed anonymous sources are used for these stories. And I think that's true, but Rosenstein said, yeah, because the Washington Post and the New York Times didn't identify where these people are from, what country they're from. Uh, I mean, I, introducing the possibility that the New York Times and the Washington Post are their sources are foreign governments. Now, I'm not sure how true that is, but there's every bit of possibility there of veracity that there is reading anything that is put into print by the Washington Post or the New York Times. Right. And, and let me put it a different way, because I think we've said this in, in one form or fashion over the last couple of days. James Comey said that the Washington Post and the New York Times were 100% completely wrong about his investigations. That their, their stories were bogus. They were fake news. And James Comey confirmed that. So then, so, so then CNN, upon hearing that, says, okay, we're going to ignore that. And then here comes something else the Washington Post puts out. I mean, if, if you have a news source that continually lies or prints falsehoods, why would you take anything they print with a grain of salt? I mean, if today the Washington Post came out and said that Donald Trump was exonerated, I don't think I'd believe it. Because it's the Washington Post. It's the New York Times. They don't, they, they get it wrong, and they get it wrong a lot. By the way, a lot of the uh, cable channels are awaiting an update on Congressman Scalise, when he's when you see these doctors step up to the podium, we'll um, try to bring that to you live if we are in in programming. Let's go over to uh, MSNBS, see what they're chatting about. We'll see, I'm booking a ticket, reserving an Airbnb, reserving a hotel, and going to Cuba. Psychologically, Americans were finally coming to the conclusion it's okay to go to Cuba. And the message today, which was filled with ideology, emotion, um, and everything else you could characterize uh, the, the scene in Miami, the message that it sends is you can't go to Cuba. You're going to be audited, you're going to have people tracking you down, um, and you're going to get in trouble. So that's going to kill the man. Alec? Well, that's good news. Yeah, that, that's good news. And that's a great message. If you go to Cuba and your American dollars are being used to prop up a regime that kills its political opposition, I think that's a good thing. You know, here's a guy on MSNBS saying, hey, this, this sends the wrong message. This sends a message that uh, going to Cuba is a bad thing. Yeah, it is. 
because President Obama wanted to make sure a failing communist regime was propped up and uh, that they were continued, they'd be continued to, uh, allowed to continue putting their boot on the necks of their people. And I, for one, think that's reprehensible. Now, of course, the leftists over at MSNBS, what do they care about the people? All they care about is, uh, just like Obama, are the communists doing well? Are the, uh, uh, are the sadists who run that government, are they doing well? Can the Castros and their families, can they continue to smoke their cigars while they stifle free speech? Maybe go up and beat up a couple of women who are wearing white dresses in the streets, you know, for speaking out against the oppression down there. Hey, that's a great idea. Is it an MSNBC? Let's go kick the crap out of some women because we're communists. And let's make sure our American taxpayer dollars support that crap. Sure. Okay if you're the Obama administration, but apparently not okay if you're the Trump administration. So it ends. It stops. The American people do not support totalitarian regimes. At least we shouldn't. You know what I think Trump's next step ought to be is to turn his attention on to Iran. Because our taxpayer money's been sent over there. Well, it's already been spent. Down payment to Hezbollah so they can blow up some more Jews. Isn't that great? It's, uh, It's very sad, ladies and gentlemen what we are having to endure the years, the intervening months after the occupation of the Oval Office of Barack Obama. Let's uh, get over to Fox really quick. Chris Wallace speaking now. General Rod Rosenstein, he said that he had decided to do that before he even met with the Attorney General and with Rod Rosenstein. So it, it, it just seems curious and it just seems that it would be a lot smarter for him he certainly has the right to do it but it would be a lot smarter for him to just stop talking about this particular issue not saying he can't talk about health care or taxes or other things this is a very sensitive issue and i think most lawyers would say don't talk any more than you need to well and aside from the lawyers the american people have said that what they want and and the reason why they elected him is to concentrate on the things that matter to their lives so i mean this is a huge shiny object that's distracting everybody at this point no doubt the trump side wants it to go away but i hear you saying that the attorneys would prefer if he'd stop commenting on it i i want to talk a little bit if we yeah that's not trump's nature The president of the United States, if he feels like he's being railroaded, is not going to sit down and shut up and take it. Now, that might be to his detriment. And I'm willing to I'm willing to acquiesce to that fact that it's probably not a good idea. To be tweeting out as much as he's tweeting out about this kind of stuff. But can anybody I mean, his latest tweet was calling this a witch hunt and pointing out the double standard of how Hillary Clinton did far worse than Donald Trump is accused of. And by the way, he's not being accused of collusion anymore. Did you guys hear that? The collusion talk is all but gone. Now they're concentrating on obstruction of justice. And according to the Washington Post and the New York Times, uh, Donald Trump's being investigated for obstruction of justice. But the, the fact of the matter is, we don't know. Donald Trump said, I'm being investigated. He doesn't know. And as I said off the top of the program, if you 
are commenting on what is going on in an investigation, it says one of two things. It says either, number one, the investigation is being run rather poorly, and I'll be talking more about that uh, on the program today, or there's a whole bunch of people talking out of their rear ends. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And I think as the Washington Post and the New York Times have proven, have demonstrated, have been confirmed by the likes of James Comey, I think it's the latter. I think there are a lot of people who are talking out of their rear ends, their rear ends, who do not like Donald Trump and they will say anything and they know that these shrubs over the Post and the Times will print anything so long as it hurts Donald Trump. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm going to try to read from this uh, this article about what Trump did today. Of course, it's pulling up on Fox, and everything at Fox uh, has a playing component. So it's a, and I'm pulling it up on a laptop because we're in a different studio today, and I'm just waiting for the ad to pop up so I can mute the dang thing, and then I can talk to you guys about what I'm trying to talk about here. Uh, President Trump speaking at a Miami theater associated with Cuban exiles announced today that he is nixing his predecessor's quote one-sided deal with communist nation. Moving to restrict individual travel to the island, crack down on the flow of U.S. cash to the Cuban military and demand key reforms in Havana. Which tells you what was going on with the previous administration, which was Obama, let me be clear, let's get some cash over there to Cuba so they can uh, give it to the military, so they can uh, squash their people. Let me be clear. Uh, it was insane. And, and we're supposed to believe that party is full of a bunch of humanitarians who care about what happens to people? No, they don't. All they want to do is... Uh, have a government that lords over people because at, at bottom, doesn't liberalism assume everybody's stupid? Isn't that what liberalism does? That only smart people in government are capable of running your life because you're too stupid to do it. So we've got to, uh, we got to do all manner of things to, to rein you in. Oh, uh, hold on folks. Let's go out over to, um, where is this? MedStar Washington Hospital. They're giving an update on Steve Scalise. Listen in. And blood vessels. 
I understand he was awake on scene, but by the time he was transported by helicopter to the MedStar Trauma Center, he was in shock. My partners, Dr. Tony Shiflett and Dr. Christine Trankium, saw him in the trauma center with uh, the other doctors and nurses there. Uh, they treated him there and quickly brought him to the operating room where we performed surgery. In the operating room, he was in critical condition and received many units of transfused blood for ongoing hemorrhage from multiple locations. Uh, he received truly amazing anesthesia care from Dr. Eric Skolnick and Dr. Scott Frank. Due to their great work, we were able to get him through that procedure and we then took him to the radiology suite where he underwent an additional procedure by Dr. Arshad Khan to further control bleeding. From there, we went to the intensive care unit uh, where he got additional care under the direction of Dr. Chadi Abwasili, and he remains in the ICU today. Yesterday, Dr. Trankium and I did an additional operation, and Dr. Robert Golden, our director of orthopedic trauma, did an operation to repair a broken bone in his leg. The congressman's status remains critical. We are encouraged by improvement in his condition over the last 36 hours. We have controlled the internal bleeding and his vital signs have stabilized. He will require additional operations to manage abdominal injuries and other bone injuries. Predicting the length of his hospital stay is difficult today. Presumably it will be easier in some days when more time has passed and we have more information. After he leaves the hospital, he will require a period of healing and of uh, rehabilitation. On behalf of the MedStar trauma team, I want to thank the special agents on the scene as well as the first responders for everything that they did for those shooting victims. We are all well aware here at the MedStar Washington Hospital Center of all that those folks did to save these people. We here salute their commitment, their dedication, and their skill. I can answer a few questions, but as Donna said, uh, it's possible that we will not be able to answer all the questions due to privacy concerns. Dr. Sofa, just a, a factual question here. You described multiple procedures. There's been some confusion on, on from them because many of us are not medical professionals. What is the fair assessment of how many surgeries he had? He had? You talk about it going in and out. Of yeah. So how, what's the best way to characterize these procedures and how many? Well, I, it, there's actually a bit of semantic confusion there, and I leave it to you how to characterize. I think the reason for the semantic confusion is he went from an operation to a procedure that I mentioned in interventional radiology. Uh, typically, we don't call that an operation or a surgery, although really uh, it has many similarities. There's anesthesia, and, uh, and in many ways it, rep it uh, resembles an operation. So let's just summarize it by saying that Steve Scalise has been put through the ringer by a crazed left-wing kook who decided to exact some some measure of, I don't know, revenge for victory on the Republican Party. Uh, I don't want to rehash what I've been talking about the last couple of days and about what this man said and who was influencing him and what he believed, but Steve Scalise is in, in a lot worse shape than we all thought he was going to be in, so... I think uh, uh, prayers are and, and good thoughts are definitely needed for the congressman. And you heard the doctor say there was there is no time frame that he could give to get uh, to get Scalise released, much less 
back into normal operation. What does that mean for the operation of the House of Representatives and the Republican and the Republican Party? Uh, that that might be a, a bad thing. It might be a good thing if if Steve Scalise and his struggles to recover. I don't know. Uh, institute some civility or a reminder there needs to be civility. So we'll keep all that in mind. Uh, guys, I'm seeing uh, at least my phone line in here is lighting up, so that means we've got calls waiting, so we'll try to get to those. I'll get a little more in-depth on what Donald Trump said about Cuba today and what's going on. And plus, this show, we talked to Congressman Kevin Brady of the Powerful Ways and Means Committee about your taxes, how much money's coming out of your pocket, about Obamacare, about, hey, you think this country might get back to a budget ever again? Is that possible? So, um, and Ellie, this this equipment, I, I, there is somebody on the line, right? That, I, I am seeing somebody. All right, I'm, it's a little different in the studio, folks. I'm just getting acclimated. It's cool. Things change. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. After these fine messages from our fine sponsors on the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Yes, there were some folks waiting on the phone. Telephone number, by the way, if, if I can get the right one. 800, uh, no, trip, see, 809, look, I got, it's not 800, it's, it's 888 This is the one that Cal, this is what Cal left me. It says 800 on it. <laughs> triple eight. 900-3393. Let's go to Rich in White Plains. Hey, Rich, welcome to the Salcedo Show. Chris, Chris, put your tinfoil hat on. You're oh. being you're being sabotaged. I know, right? It's a- <laughs> 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 What's going on this fine Friday, my man? I, I I'm wondering if you were hearing what I was hearing after the shooting at the ball field. Um, they, they were they kept replaying. You know, the talking heads. I was listening to a bunch of them. They kept replaying Ron. Rand Paul's quote. Are you are you familiar with what he said about what happened? It wasn't it wasn't a long quote. He said, "If it wasn't for the D.C. police, we you know uh, it would have been a massacre." Would have been a massacre. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think we echo the sentiments too, and it seems about okay. right. But but why was I hearing? And I could swear. And, and you let me know. I was hearing from people on the left saying. Even pro-gun advocate Rand Paul had this to say, as if his statement were anti-gun. That's what I was hearing. And uh, well, where were you hearing that from? Chances are, it's CNN or MSNBS or the other biased news outlets. That's just it. They'll take a quote, and and they're getting so um, deranged that they'll take an obvious. You know, quote that obviously means something, and say it it means something else. I, I mean, Rand Paul was obviously referencing the fact that that if there wasn't anybody there 
with with any weapons. It, it would have been a massacre, and that you know more people should be carrying. And you know, then I heard two ex-military guys who were there, and they were talking about how their first instinct, you know, because it brought them back to when they were serving, that their first instinct was to go for their weapon, but there was no weapon to go for. Right, because they were they were faced with this conundrum, and I, and we were talking about this with Larry Pratt yesterday, I believe, uh, where, you know, these guys were going out to practice, and they were going to go right from practice there in Alexandria, Virginia, where it's perfectly fine to, to conceal carry, and then go into Washington, D.C., and they would they didn't want to go all the way home, drop off their gun, and then go to work. So they decided to be there unarmed, those who were authorized to carry firearms. Um, you know what, I, Rich, I, I know what you're talking about. And again, I, I don't watch these biased news networks, so I, don't, I, I usually listen to them after the fact. But here's what I suspect happened, because I, I don't doubt anything you're saying. And this is what happens with the progressive who happens to be a person that's in the press, in the biased press. They hear uh, a story like this and they say, well, you know what? Uh, this just makes me feel uncomfortable. And I bet you that's going to make our audience feel uncomfortable. This whole idea of guns saving the day. So what we're going to do is we're either going to a spin it to where a pro-gun sentiment is actually an anti-gun sentiment, or we're just going to ignore the pro-gun and uh, how the guns save the day aspect of the story, because they they they, they really they, they feel like this. There's something politically incorrect about talking about your right to defend yourself, and so they will. And, and I'm talking about these twenty-something know-nothings that that populate these uh the nation's newsrooms so so chris if, if you could clarify something for me with the where they were having the practice was it a gun-free zone i mean was it illegal to carry or was it legal to carry my understanding in, in alexandria virginia and in the state of virginia uh those laws are just about as permissive for your right of self-defense as texas if not, if not, in some cases, more so. I, I remember a buddy of mine that was moving from New York down to Virginia when I was doing news down there, and I, we, were, we were technically in, in Washington, D.C., but I was living in Virginia. So he moved to Virginia, and he remember, I remember him, he was coming from New York, where, of course, you've got you've to uh, give them your blood type and your first child if you want to possess a weapon, right? Yeah. Um, and so he walks up to a police officer and says to the officer, excuse me, officer, I've got these three guns I'm bringing in from New York. Uh, and the officer looks at him and says, yeah, so. <laughs> so that's that's how they are. And I, and I do believe that that baseball field was was completely open for individuals to conceal carry. Oh, well, you know something? It may make, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, the ex-military um, people who were there who said, they wanted to reach for their weapon. Maybe they might start reconsidering, you know, uh, carrying one in their gym bag or where they go. I mean, you know, it's hard to carry it while you're in your, you know, uh, practice clothing, you know, that type of thing. Uh, but um, I, I thought I thought it was D.C. I know D.C. Yeah, Chris, that, right. Is, yeah, that's that's completely out of bounds. D.C. is it prohibits uh, any any uh, mode of self defense. Again, it's just as bad as New York or Chicago. You've got to bribe some politician, pay off a whole bunch of people, and then you can defend yourself. Um, 
you're right. And, and, and I think it was McCall. Yeah, it was Congressman McCall. I don't know if you heard the interview. Rich, uh, he came on and said, yeah, this is this is going to reignite that debate after Gabby Giffords about lawmakers being able to to, to pack uh, to pack heat. And I asked Larry Pratt about it yesterday from Gun Owners of America. And he said, well, not just not just lawmakers, everybody, everybody in the District of Columbia should be able to protect themselves. It's a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how, that's well, when we left that conversation. OK. All right, Chris. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Rich in White Plains. If it applies, Rich, happy Father's Day. I hope all goes well for you. Telephone numbers, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. By the way, Kevin Brady is coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show uh, next hour. And I wrote an op-ed that uh, the congressman knows about and will be published later today right on theblaze.com. And it's about what we're going to be talking with Kevin Brady about tax reform. If I can get into some of this before we bring him on, I will, because I think it's important. And if not, uh, you'll be able to read about it later on theblaze.com after our interview with Kevin Brady. But back to Cuba, if I can, and what President Trump did today. Well, stopping short of a full reversal of Obama's wrong, no, I'm adding some things here, of Obama's wrong-headed pro-communist policies. Trump said he would challenge Cuba to come back to the table with a new agreement. Quote, effective immediately, I'm canceling the last administration's completely one-sided deal with Cuba. Trump told a cheering crowd. Trump cast his announcement Friday as the fulfillment of a campaign pledge to turn back former resident Barack Obama's diplomatic outreach to the communist brutal dictators who rule with an iron fist over Cuba. <laughs> that was my, <laughs> that was my addition uh, to that. I keep my promises, Trump said. And now that I am your president, America will expose the crimes of the Castro regime. Uh, I heard, though I can't confirm this, maybe, can you guys in there confirm this? Uh, Justin Trudeau was heard shedding a tear when he heard about how much money the communists would not be getting from the Americans in Cuba. Can No, Ellie, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys remember, Justin, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, remember how he, he heaped effusive praise on the brutal dictators of Cuba when uh, Fidel Castro died. Justin Trudeau, a communist wannabe, right now a socialist up there in, in Canada, couldn't, have a, couldn't say enough great things about a man who kills his political opposition. That's how left-wing extremists roll, folks. Uh, a cornerstone of the new policy is to ensure Americans traveling to Cuba only support private businesses and services, banning financial transactions with the dozens of enterprises run by the military-linked corporation down in Cuba. Trump administration also says it will strictly enforce the 12 authorized categories allowing American citizens to travel to Cuba, banning one particular type of travel known as individual people-to-people trips seen as ripe for abuse by would-be tourists. Most U.S. travelers to Cuba will again be required to visit the island as part of organized tour groups run by American companies. Obama eliminated the tour requirement, allowing tens of thousands of Americans to book solo trips and spend their money with individual bed and breakfast owners. 
restaurants, and taxi drivers. The rules also require a day-long schedule of activities designed to expose the travelers to ordinary <laughs> to ordinary Cubans. Trump focused his speech Friday on the crimes and misdeeds of the Castro government, saying his administration would not hide from it. He accused the regime of harboring cop killers, hijackers, and terrorists while casting the policy changes as meant to encourage a free Cuba. With God's help, Trump said, a free, Cu- a free Cuba is what we will soon achieve. Uh, great words uttered by the president, and I am glad for this. This is a step in the right direction. Uh, unlike the previous administration, the United States of America should not be in the business of rewarding cold, calculating killers in a communist regime. I'll be back in a minute. You have any comments? 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. It's the Salcedo Show on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. All right, coming up, folks, my interview with uh, Congressman Kevin Brady. I'll give it a little bit of a preview here in a second. Also today, I told you yesterday I was going to get into this whole propriety issue of of Mueller and his ability to lawfully pres- uh, uh, be in charge of these proceedings, the special counsel, to, to actually preside as special counsel over these investigations. There is good legal opinion out there that says that Mr. Mueller is disqualified from being the special counsel. And we'll get into all of that coming up. Meantime, uh, let me read some of the op-ed. I'm not going to read all of this. Uh, but I will give you guys a flavor of what I'm going to be talking with Kevin Brady about. And the op-ed will be up later today at theblaze.com so you can read it in its entirety. Uh, it's been 31 years, writes your liberty-loving Latino, since the Congress and the president worked together to reform the unfair and massive United States tax code. President Trump has made tax reform a critical priority for his administration with a goal of creating a simpler and lower tax rate for individuals and corporations. This goal will only be achieved through individuals, uh, through rather the hard work of Congressman Kevin Brady. Mr. Brady is the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, the powerful tax writing committee that will shape, write, and control nearly every aspect of the upcoming congressional tax proposals. Like a guide leading an expedition through the wilderness, Brady will help Washington navigate the hazards that typically arise when politicians finally attempt to take a hack at the massive, outdated code. And you guys have heard me talk about this. Let me stop the op-ed here for a minute. You guys have heard me talk about how big this code is. Over 75,000 pages. It's an insult. The tax code that has been gifted to us by our alleged leaders in Washington, in Washington D.C. is an insult to the American people. Uh, a little further down the op-ed, Brady is going to face some difficult decisions. He's pledged to bring about a simpler, fairer tax code that protects taxpayers, not special interests, and helps America compete to win. To accomplish that goal, he'll need to take on everyone from the president, members of Congress, and hordes of lobbyists that are gearing up for this fight. He'll preserve only, uh, persevere rather, only if he remains focused 
on the people who truly matter, the hardworking people of the United States. In Washington parlance, a pay-for is essentially tax increase to pay for a tax cut or a loss of revenue. In many ways, pay-fors are a beltway version of robbing Peter to pay Paul. An example included in a previous version of tax reform was called uh, accrual accounting. I can write it, but I can barely pronounce it. Accrual accounting. And you have to look up this thing like I did. Congress proposed taxing accounts receivables rather than income to make reform more uh, palatable to the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO. Brady has laudably junked this disaster of a provision. There are other things, folks, uh, in the op-ed that I cover, the the controversial border adjustability, meaning if you're importing stuff, increase its price tag so that Americans can compete with the recognition that Americans have a lot more responsibility. Uh, American companies have higher taxes at this point to pay. They have uh, a lot of state, local, federal fees and penalties to pay. And, of course, the standard of living in the United States of America is a lot more expensive than other countries around the globe. So that's what the border adjustment tax is, is the proposed. And I'm not completely sold on it myself, but I think it, it deserves a looking at. But uh, these are all the issues that, that Mr. Brady is going to have to sort through. And we'll talk about some of them, in particular, that whole pay for provision. Those who insist on pay-fors, ladies and gentlemen, those pay-fors are basically saying, well, everything that government says it wants to spend is legitimate. Thus, you must do without, your family must do without, so that Washington won't have to. I despise the concept of pay-fors because basically you and I both know that all the spending that's going on in Washington is not justified. As a matter of fact, there are billions of dollars that are not justified. Talk more about it with Congressman Brady coming up next on the Blaze Radio Network and the Chris Salcedo Show. Be right back. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events pop culture and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in today. Uh, we have an opportunity to start moving on to some business, and it's about time we move on to some business because with a lot of these distractions... It's been difficult to do. Let me bring on Congressman Kevin Brady. He represents the 8th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. He's chairman of the powerful Ways and Means Committee and a key point man on the effort to rid the country of Obamacare and, of course, tax reform. Congressman, welcome back to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. I love coming on, especially since, you know, you're such a huge advocate for tax reform. Think You think it through. You're willing to step out and speak your mind. So, no, I, I love coming on. Yeah, on that on that note, uh, I'm going to put up a, an op-ed that, that I wrote. I know you've seen it up on the Blaze page a little bit later on today, so Good. folks can read it as well. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that very, very quickly because I want the majority of our time 
to be to be focused on the antiquated, the insult to the American people that is the current tax code. But a yeah. couple of quick fire questions about some some current events. The baseball game. I know that you yeah. you participated in it. Um, uh, I, I know that the Republicans lost yesterday, but I wanted you to be able to comment, sir, on your colleagues being shot at and what it did to you personally. So it was a, it was a big night last night, and no, we we had an off game, no question about. It. I'm the designated hitter for the Republicans. Uh, Steve Scalise and I share a second base. He's the starter. So, you know, we we just uh, we had a, a off game, and energy wasn't quite there. But I think part of that was the shooting um, uh, Wednesday morning, and, and as horrific as it was, it was also day uh, Chris a day of miracles because uh, without uh, that Capitol Police detail there, without a secure gate, the fact it was the morning before the game, so our, our pitchers were resting their arms. They would normally be in the uh, the bullpen right next to where that shooter was at. Um, it, it could have been, it would have been so much worse. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, it also, it really was a day of miracles. And, and even better that yesterday I was with um, Steve and his family at the hospital, Um uh, the day and the evening of the shooting, um, his family arrived later that evening from Louisiana. Um, yesterday was a good day for him. Uh, he's going to have multiple surgeries, a gunshot wound to the pelvis, and, and that whole region is a long recovery. Uh, and he's tough as nails, and I hate to say as a Texan, you know, he's an LSU Tiger. He's tough as nails, and uh, but he's got a lot of battles ahead. All right. Last uh, night, look, there was 25,000 people there. We raised yeah. a million and a half dollars for not just charity, but the Capitol Police. And uh, and maybe people started to tone down. Maybe people yeah. stop toning down all this uh, all this rhetoric. Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question, if you thought it was going to serve to do that. And then hope springs eternal. I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, look, it's just gotten out of control here. I got you. I, got you. I, I still don't understand this guy. but Yeah, I understand. Hey, look, let's, let's move on to uh, Obamacare. Uh, the repeal effort looks like the Senate will maybe get a vote by the end of the month, according to Mitch McConnell. Uh, look, this is, this is what I want to ask you about that. Is there a chance, and I just give me your honest opinion that, that the Senate and the house will come together and, uh, have a bill that is a sunset bill, meaning that the Republicans will recognize that we don't have to surrender in this country to a massive entitlement here, that we can phase it out and replace it with a robust free market. Do you think there's any chance of that? Yeah, but I, and yes, the answer is yes. I don't know that the, that we're going to sunset Obamacare. There's no question about it. No, I mean the replacement, the replacement oh. bill. Well, the replacement's basically the free market alternative all that we okay. just needed a couple of years for the states to be able to so we're returning so there's three big things we're doing here one we're repealing uh most not all but everything we could in obamacare under those senate rules including from ways and means perspective the taxes the subsidies and the penalties on that. that's the first thing we're doing secondly we're restoring state control of health care getting all the decisions out of washington so a texas can de- can de- to design health care for our state. And then third thing we're doing is restoring the free market. Those last two things are going to take a couple years. Gotcha. So this three-year transition is just simply to take, give the state and the market plenty of time to restore itself because Obamacare just crushed both of them. I understand. Uh, quick uh, question, quick answer. Does, does the United States of America and our citizens get a budget finally this year, or will we get another omnibus or continuing resolution? 
Well, a great question. One, uh, we are going to get a budget um, because we can't do tax reform until we have that budget ah. done and approved by the House and Senate because that's going to have the vehicle so we can avoid the filibuster in the Senate so Schumer and, uh, and Elizabeth Warren and others can't uh, obstruct tax reform. So it's, it's critical. Perfect. On the second issue of spending going forward, and no one wants to do these continuing resolutions. They make no sense. They fund the budget like it was for years before. So they're working toward a, a real spending bill where every uh, uh, agency is scrutinized, uh, every line item uh, uh, has goals and measurements. So we actually fulfill our constitutional responsibility on spending the chairman of the ways and means committee kevin brady is with us right now the congressman from the eighth congressional district in texas congressman let's talk about tax reform uh do we nibble around the edges uh is this what the republicans are going to be putting forward are we going to go big because i can tell you that the last in may the government took in a record amount of americans money And they're still overspending. So what does tax reform look like? Give us a, a blueprint. Yeah, so a uh, great question because here in my study of tax reform throughout history in America, if we want the greatest growth for the greatest number of years, the Reagan model is the one that works. It's bold. It's balanced within the budget. In other words, it helps us with growth, get back to a balanced budget, and it's permanent. Families and businesses can count on it. And so uh, from the House perspective, uh, we, we, some people think we're way too bold because we're trying to leapfrog America from 31st in the world in competitiveness and tax codes, and we've, we've fallen behind that far, uh, to, to the top three uh, and keep us there. So we're pushing the envelope hard. Chris, at the end of the day, our biggest enemy, and it was for President Reagan as well, is the status quo. This tax code has is so complex. It has tons of constituencies, and in Washington, uh, you leave it just to Washington, they'll pick it apart till there's nothing left. And it'll be, uh, if they succeed, it'll be tweaks to what we have, and we can't do that. This is we have once in generation opportunity to do this. We got to go bold and simple and fair. Well, you're you're going to hear a lot of rhetoric, and you probably already are, and a lot of you folks within the sound of our voices, a lot of rhetoric about pay-fors. If there are cuts in taxes, there are there's a certain political ideology in our society that that seems to indicate that if government spends any type of money, it's automatically justified because it's government spending. And you and I know, Congressman Brady, that yeah. it's just the opposite, that there's a lot of, there's tons, there's billions upon billions of dollars wasted by uh, the bureaucracy up in Washington. Yeah, Is that, example, Chris, yeah. Like, uh, so, you, you know, Americans get a $7,500 tax credit when they buy a tesla so do you want to keep do we want to keep doing that or just let everyone keep more of their money you know is an example of the parts of the tax code the special interest provisions we intend to do away with with special provisions for some so we can lower the tax rates for everybody and i guess where i was going to go with that question was uh, this idea of cutting taxes is fantastic for economic growth and such, but uh, a combination of a restraint on government spending has to occur. Is that anywhere in the conversation up there on it Capitol is. Hill? It, it absolutely is. Look, like any business that's in financial trouble, you got to restrain the spending and you got to grow revenues. And that's the, that's the same here. 
you got to get the tax code right so the economy on its own supercharges in the right way for the for the long term and you got you got to restrain spending and and as you know chris from our past discussions look uh you know one third of the budget is the day-to-day operations that's what we have all the fights over the two-thirds are the entitlement mm-hmm. and uh they, they are going to squeeze out over time every time that, that your listeners send up here yeah, and, and they need some serious reform. Yeah. Really quickly, got about 30 seconds left, Congressman, about border adjustability. That is between the Senate and the Repub- uh, the Senate Republicans and the House Republicans. There's a big debate on this. Does it make it into the final proposal, do you think, border adjustability? Yeah, I don't know. And it, the whole thing is designed to level the playing field with China, Europe, Canada, Mexico uh, for our Made in America products here and around the world as well. But it's te- the principle is, Let's tax equally in, in America, everybody. It'll, it'll keep jobs from leaving. It'll bring those jobs back from overseas. It's a big change. So right now it's probably the most controversial of, of the bold provisions here. So I'm right. um, not, not determined yet. And, and we'll see this in the next month or so, you think, the, 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 the basic outline? So the framework um, between the president, the House, and the Senate, the work, working toward a unified um, uh, uh, tax reform plan over the next several months. All right. Congressman Kevin Brady, everybody, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, 8th Congressional District here in Texas. Sir, appreciate the time and keep us posted under these Thanks. efforts. Thanks, Chris. Take care. You bet. Back in a minute. Yep, yeah, back in a minute, folks, here on the Blaze Radio Network. Dial in, let it out. 888-900-3393. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. I... I am so pleased to be broadcasting from the Blaze Studios today, joined by my good buddy Lawrence Jones, who could be heard on this very same network on Saturdays, noon to 3 Eastern, uh, right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, buddy. Yeah, your old spot. Yeah, my old, exactly, yeah, my yeah, old spot. Old spot yeah. It Thanks seems, time, on a personal, before we start talking yeah. about stuff going on today, it seems every time I turn on Fox News, I see your face on it. <laughs> I just, I'm just saying. I'm balancing between yeah. Blaze TV and Fox stuff. It's good stuff, man. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm glad. Blessing, I'm glad you're. You know? I am glad you're over there, because uh, it helps bust a lot of narratives. Oh Karen. yeah, most definitely. Indeed, indeed. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk with you about this is th- this just came down earlier this morning. It was kind of breaking news. M- remember this case where this this girl was being prosecuted mm-hmm. for her boyfriend's suicide. Mm-hmm. She was texting to him, and, and, and let right. me be let me be clear about this. I sound like Obama. Let me be clear. Let me be clear about this. <laughs> she was. This is this is one nasty b. Yeah. This guy has got the windows rolled up. Yeah. He's got the car on, and he starts texting her. I'm having second thoughts about killing myself. Right. right. And she says, "No, you got. You said you were going to do it. Go and do it." Yeah. And this is the second time because he attempted it yeah. before, yeah. and then. She, she's doing it again. But I disagree with the decision. So do I. I, I mean, totally disagree with it. Because uh, let, think about think about this, folks. It is not illegal to off yourself. It's just yeah, not. Right. I had people call me today in an earlier version of the show saying, 
Well, come on. There's got to be some culpability because you, you can't Slippery incite slope. you can't incite violence on other people. You, if you were to incite some uh, a jihadi to go and kill somebody, that's illegal. I said, yeah, because you're inciting somebody else to go hurt somebody else. Right. That's a crime. a crime. But, she, but it's not a crime to hurt yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think I think you know we got to take the emotions out, and, and I think. Uh, in these tough cases, yeah, um, it's easy to say, "Well, you know what? Can we just change the law?" <laughs> <laughs> but the law doesn't work that way. No, um, at least it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. But I think she's a sick person. Absolutely, I mean, she's definitely a sick person. You know, I there's a special place in hell for her, without a doubt. Exactly. But as it relates to a legal argument, I, I don't understand how they won this See, case. E- Ellie, Ellie sends me tweets every single day, or texts every single day, <laughs> telling me to go play in traffic, telling me to jump off a bridge. I mean, <laughs> under this new predicate. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, mean, she, I can like, attest that that's never happened. <laughs> that's never happened. She's like, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. I, I just think it's a slippery it uh, is. A sl- slope, uh, Chris, and I, I think we should be careful. And I think uh, I'm really concerned about the judges because in, in cases like this where the judges, uh, when they read specific instructions to the jury um, and, and the jury doesn't, you know, use those instructions, then sometimes the judge steps in uh, and declares a mistrial um, because the jury didn't take those instructions. I'm trying to figure out the legal basis that the jury was able to say that she committed a crime um, by telling the guy to kill himself. To kill himself, yeah. She's not going to win girlfriend of the year, but I don't think no. that's, that's that's not a, a punishable offense under the law. Right. And, and you know, it is Massachusetts. Yeah. So who knows what this well, judge yeah, what, yeah, yeah, what this yeah. judge was. It's about saying. feelings and emotions, yeah. Other thing that's going on today, uh well and and yesterday and the day before was this idea that Donald Trump is under investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh we learned this from news sources, the Washington Post and the New York Times, who have already been proven mm-hmm. to be trafficking in fake news. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Comey confirmed that in his, in his uh, uh, shall we say, testimony before the Senate, mm-hmm. that they, all the stuff that they were writing about his investigation was all fake news. Mm-hmm. So fast forward now, here comes these same publications who have already confirmed to, to be uh, dishonest operators, the Post and the Times. And now they're saying, oh, well, now we're, we're getting from these anonymous sources that, that Trump is under investigation for obstruction of justice. That's one thing. And then Jared Kushner, who is the liberal son-in-law, son-in-law of mm-hmm. the president. Do you know who his attorney is? I don't. Jamie Gorelick. You remember that name? I, I don't. I don't I, remember that name. Jamie Gorelick worked in the Clinton administration. Oh, God. And Jamie Gorelick was the idiot who put up these barriers between our intelligence services so they couldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. Those same types of barriers that were instrumental in leading to the 9-11, the 9/11 attacks. Yeah. Jamie Gorelick, that Jamie Gorelick is defending Jared Kushner, yeah. the, the liberal the son-in-law law. of the president of the United States. Isn't this just weird? The, the, the whole setup is weird, but a couple things. Yeah. First of all, uh, many of these leaks happened um, the night of uh, the shooting, um, and I, I, I find it uh, very disheartening that the mainstream media, and as well as the FBI, 
uh, leaks would put out this story when we have a uh, sitting member of Congress that's in critical condition. Yeah. Meanwhile, these are the same people that are calling for unity uh, and for us to come together, uh, but they refuse to have a ceasefire. You are you are very close to to another uh, fantastic point on this is the timing. Right. We just came off a week where James Comey committed not once, but twice, but three times. Right. The president was not under investigation. Right. And, and all of a sudden that started to seep. Right. Stock. Right. It started to seep into the Republicans were saying, well, the president's not under investigation. And uh, and CNN couldn't have it. Right. And the Washington Post couldn't have no, it. The couldn't. New York Times couldn't have it. Yeah, so, because you saw the stock markets going up and yeah. everybody, because everybody was questioning, OK, well, maybe the president is under investigation. And then it finally came out that the president isn't under investigation. So it took the wind out of their sails. Exactly. So the inv- in my view, mm-hmm. the Washington Post invented, of course, he's under investigation. Well, essentially, the president did confirm it today in, in so many words in his tweet. He doesn't know. Um, he doesn't know. Yeah. He he does look, if you if you are the subject of an investigation yeah. of a special counsel of the FBI, they don't tell you. I know they don't tell you, but they've probably been in communication with his attorney. We don't know what's going on behind exactly. the scene. But they, but the question is when you're the subject, should, you don't know. Well the question is, is should the president be under investigation in the first place? I don't think he, so. He, he, I, I've only heard good things about Bob Mueller being a a man of integrity. That's our and next all topic. That. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's buddies with Comey. And so there may be some conflict there uh, in, in, the, in the end of this story. Took me right where I wanted to go. Greg Jarrett, Fox News Channel, was talking about this very topic, which you were just alluding to. And there is a legality here. Let's I mean, listen. First of all, the special counsel law specifically says that you may not serve as special counsel if you have a close personal relationship with a key pivotal witness. Comey is obviously that witness. They're close friends, close allies, close partners. They were joined at the hip. What he's saying is there is statute that says if you have a conflict of interest, you can't be a special counsel. Not only that, but you have to recuse yourself immediately. Why is that not happening? But the question is, why did they knew this from the very beginning? Mm -hmm. And they knew that Comey would probably be a part of the investigation. So the question is, is why did uh, Rod Rosenstein uh, do this? Do this. Why Why did he decide to appoint this guy. Now we're in a trouble because Trump can't fire the guy. You gonna, he can't get involved. You're going to talk about it this weekend? I am going to talk about it this weekend. All right, make sure. It, Lawrence Jones, <laughs> Thanks, folks, he'll be on noon Eastern. Tomorrow. Tomorrow on Saturday. He'll have more on this. Thanks. And we'll be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Did you guys hear the Russians claimed to have killed Al Qaeda's number one? I'm sorry, ISIS's number one. Al-Baghdadi. Al-Baghdadi. Hey, uh, by the way, the voice in the background, everybody, is Mayor Ramirez, uh, who is um, a longtime contributor here to the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad to have you with us, Mary. <laughs> Jumped in a little early. Sorry no, about no, that. No, 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 it's all right. It's all right. You know, I, mean, I was just talking to the folks rhetorically, and here comes Mary. Yep, Al-Baghdadi, that's him. I'm here. Me, me, me. Front the, row. <laughs> how you doing this Friday? I am doing very well. How about you? Glad to hear it. I'm doing fine. I am doing uh, more than fine. It's the weekend. What's there not to like? Uh, Look, before I get on to uh, uh, what you wrote about this week and what's going on in your geographic area, 
I just wanted you to comment briefly on uh, Trump's Cuba speech today, which I found very, in, uh, I was very heartened by what I heard. I was too. I think it's bold. I think it's, I mean, bravo, truly, because what he's done is he's, he's placed the incumbency on Cuba. They have to clean up their act. They have to let political prisoners go. They have to clean up their human rights abuses before they get any sort of benefit from the free world. Yeah. And what does that that say? What does that say about where we've been when it seems bold for the United States of America to stand up for freedom and liberty and against a dictator? I mean, just how far down the crapper had that had this country gone under President Obama to where he was funneling money to dictators in Tehran, to dictators in Cuba. And it's like all of a sudden we get Trump back in and it's like, it's bold to stop giving taxpayer money to cutthroats and dictators. I mean, what does that I say know. about where we've been? It's, it's like we've been in some sort of alternate universe, I know. you know, where the United States does in fact fund these horrible people. And then, yeah, I mean, for, for me to sit there, I'm in the car today, I'm listening to the radio and hear this and I'm going, wow, this is so cool. And then I go, oh yeah, this really isn't, this is this should be par for the course for the United States, yeah, but it really hasn't been the last eight years. I know. So it is a shock. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so what are we? Uh, what are you uh, writing about this week? Well, Chris, the last time you and I talked, I think it was two weeks ago. Now, I think you were on vacation last week. So yeah, yeah. two weeks ago, I talked about. I had an article uh, talking about the effects um, that that left wing rhetoric and, and demagoguery has had on our ability to have productive debate in this country because of the distortions and the outright lies and the character assassinations. Well, there's another layer to that conversation. And, and for me, this layer got a whole lot, well, for the whole country, the, this layer got a lot more serious when, um, with the attempted assassination of Congressman Scalise and, and the others there on, on the battlefield. And it's this layer that sort of leads to this kind of behavior. And I, in my piece, I asked people to consider North Korea. It's been in the news lately, of course, because of their nuclear activities, but also the student that was just released. I asked my readers to, cons- to consider North Korea. Not that I'm comparing the Democrats and the left to North Korea. However, the tactics that they use do play a part here. In kindergarten, Chris, they start teaching the kids to hate Americans. And they do it by portraying Americans as these horrible, bloody, bloodthirsty monsters. They've, they've got propaganda posters in the, in the classrooms that portray North Koreans as killing Korean children. I'm sorry, portray Americans as killing Koreans and, and so on and so forth. Long story short, they grow up hating them. Well, how is that terribly different from the way that the left wing, the far left wing, portrays us, people like you and me on the right? They portray us as haters. They portray us as monsters that want people, you and your grandmother and your children, to die in the streets. Okay, so you've got this building up, right, this rhetoric building up in society, and then you light fuses. I think I heard Bill O'Reilly this morning use this phrase, and I thought it was great. You light fuses in people like this man who shot Steve Scalise by promoting either actively or with their silence, political violence. We saw it with Kathy Griffin. We saw it with the play in in Central Park, and we've got Fareed Zakaria coming on and calling it a masterpiece for the Trump era. You've got people... You know, violently protesting, violently protesting on campuses. You've got people over at Newsweek calling for the torture and death of the GOPers that supported Trump Care. You know, so when you marry those two ideas together, you get what happened in the 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 on the baseball field there with Steve Scalise and the rest. And and I'm not trying to play some sort of political blame game just because we had this tragedy. I, I I'm saying this is something we need to be very serious about because the the American right 
we by and large do not generate the opinion in this country. I mean, I know Ted Nugent came out and said he's going to change the way he talks and so on. But by and large, it's the American left that generates opinion and rhetoric in this country because they run the media. They run the entertainment industry, they run the education, the academia, and they run by and large politics. So they're the ones generating this narrative and they are simultaneously the ones who are promoting a culture of, hey, you don't like what this person says, they need to die, literally die. It's no longer I hate your idea or I really hate your idea, it's I hate you and you need to be silenced permanently. And I just, I want, again, only, <laughs> like only if you are a conservative. If you're a liberal, you deserve to be heard and, and your rights need to be respected. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you're a conservative, you are inhuman. And thus, and this is how these snowflakes on college campuses actually think. You're a right. conservative. I've been told that I am to hate you and that you are a racist and a bigot and a homophobe. Thus, mm -hmm. that allows me to curtail your speech, which, again, these snowflakes snowflakes don't understand that no. even e unpopular speech is the, the speech that's most protected in this country. Right. Exactly. Because we didn't, if, if, if we didn't, we wouldn't need free speech otherwise. Right. If, if we're not protecting, unpo you know, unpopular speech. But yeah, it's, it really is. By the way, generation, my generation is growing up to believe that, uh, you know, political opponents are not just people you disagree with. They're people to be destroyed. They're literally enemies. Yeah, well, you mentioned Fareed Zakaria, and, yeah. and, and, and this, this reprobate, uh, this insult to intelligence. I, <laughs> I, just, I, I just had to, to mention this because I was telling the, the folks behind the glass and showing them this. This Salcedo Show graphic we created for Fareed Zakaria, I don't know if you saw it yet, Mary, but it's on the Facebook page. Oh, this I got to see. Well, you got to scroll down quite a ways because we, we were talking about, you know, the, the buildup of hate, everything that you're describing. And we we talked about Fareed Zakaria being the face of CNN. And we came up, we used uh, one of CNN's graphics and we, uh, we well, uh, we decided to modify it. So it was a little more truth in advertising. Okay. And uh, so instead of, you know, CNN, Fareed Zakaria, whatever the hell it said, it now says... Truth, the pot, the potty mouth <laughs> face of CNN, Fareed, Trump hater, Zakaria. I'm and, seeing this right now. Yeah, there, there it is. It's true. You know what? I it's would, I'd, I give you permission to take that graphic and make it a part of your story uh, when you it. post it. So yeah, Fareed Zakaria, the face of Trump hating in America. It's truth. This is CNN, everybody. So go ahead, Mary. What's the name of the piece? Dear American Left, Part 2, Time to Get Serious About Your Rhetoric. And it's up on my blog. I'll tweet it out right after the segment. Part 2. I just, I just had another revelation. Why don't we call it Part Do? <laughs> As in doo-doo. The American oh, Left, Part Doo-doo. What? What? Don't laugh at me in there. I think that was genius. <laughs> I'll rename it just for you, Chris. Just for you. Mary Ramirez, everybody, uh, a longtime contributor since since almost the very beginning here of the Chris Salcedo Show. Appreciate you as always, lady. Have a great weekend. You as well, Chris. All right, fine. Yeah, it's a little juvenile, but what the heck. Uh, uh, looking on the front page of Drudge right now, here are, you know, I. Look, I am not saying this to slight Megyn Kelly. I was on Megyn Kelly's show. I had a wonderful time every single time I was there. But since she made the jump to NBC, 
simply because Megan is there is not enough to get me to watch a biased network. I, I just won't. So I've, I've lost touch with what she's doing, but through certain channels and through certain tweets, like the ones from Chelsea Clinton, I become made aware that, that Megan Kelly is going to be interviewing Alex, uh, uh, Alex Jones from InfoWars, and I I am seeing things, and I'm just seeing it now as I was pulling up the Drudge Report, that Alex Jones is leaking a Megyn Kelly tape? The hell is that all about? I I, I am being serious. I honestly don't know. Now, I know that there was controversy that Chelsea Clinton and other left-wingers didn't even want the left-wing biased NBC to give this guy a platform because he had theorized that, and I'm not sure, did he really do this? Do you guys know? Theorized that Sandy Hook was was a fake story? Cal, do you remember this? Did, did he actually do that? He did that. Okay. Well, to what, I, what I tweeted to, to Chelsea Clinton was this. So if you think he's a nutball and you think he sucks... Why not get him on television and let him prove it to everybody? Why try to stifle and silence it? There, there's an axiom in politics, folks. When, when your political opposition is shooting themselves in the foot, get out of the way. Let him do it. If Chelsea Clinton believes Alex Jones is a reprobate, let him get on TV and prove it to everybody. The American people are smart. See, this is the difference between me, a conservative, and Chelsea Clinton, a liberal extremist. I believe in the intelligence and the intellect of the American people to make up their own damn minds. But I, you know what? Let me let me go to break just a smidge early. I'll read up on what the kerfuffle is. I thought that this interview was going to go through, but maybe NBC caved and they weren't going to air it. And then Alex Jones got ticked off and said, well, if you're not going to air my interview, I'm going to release the Megyn Kelly tapes. Maybe that's what's going on. I'll read up. I'll be right back. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Well, <laughs> this is interesting. And look, I, on one hand, I know why Alex Jones did what he did. And I encourage him to do it. And I encourage any conservative that goes to a biased news outlet like NBC to do this. Or CBS or ABC or C- certainly CNN. Uh, this is now consider the source. It's the Daily Beast. This is a left-wing publication, folks, online publication. Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorizing host of InfoWars, whose controversial interview with NBC's Megyn Kelly is set to air Sunday, has fallen back to the argument of every disgruntled interviewee. They took me out of context. Well, um, typically, Mr. Tom Sykes, the author of this piece, when one takes you out of context... You would be, by definition, a disgruntled interviewee. 
That's why I encourage every conservative to insist on going live or to insist on a copy of the full interview or to be allowed to roll on it yourself. And if these left-wing publications don't want to agree, then you don't do the interview. It's, it's your reputation that's on the line. Except in this case, writes Tom Sykes, Jones may cause serious trouble for Kelly. Now, wait a minute. If Megyn Kelly and NBC News are editing this piece fairly, then why would there be any trouble if you had the full unedited version? I'm asking all of you guys behind the glass, what, what would be the problem? Why would that be a problem? Tom Sykes of The Daily Beast is admitting that the problem here is a left-wing publication's ability to paint a conservative unfairly like some kook or whack job, right? And that taping it thwarts that effort. And that's the effort of, of places like NBC to turn a conservative who has a principled stance on something and turn him into a nut job, turn him into a kook through selective editing. And we know NBC does this. Remember what they did to Zimmerman? They edited that 9-11 uh, phone call to make it seem like he was a racist and he wasn't. NBC selectively edits uh, as a matter of practice, it seems, on high-profile issues. Anyway, except in this case, Jones may cause serious trouble for Kelly, who he apparently took the precaution of covertly and why would he have to do this covertly? Covertly taping in pre-interview calls, and he claims the interview itself, which is now publicizing on InfoWars and his YouTube channel. And in those clandestine clips, the former Fox News host appears to promise to go easy on him in the interview. Well, you know what? This, this, this is Sykes trying to skewer Megyn Kelly. Because I can, when I used to do news, I can remember sitting across from somebody, hey, don't worry about it, I'm going to go easy on you. Just before I started unloading a, <laughs> a full-on barrage of some tough questions. Don't worry. No, it's a way of breaking the ice and getting, you know. So without seeing this in context, I'm, look, I know what Tom Sykes over at the Daily Beast believes the media's job is to destroy conservatives and to be unfair to them. Uh, let me assure you, Mr. Sykes, that that's not the job of the, of the press at least not the defined job of the press. So this is, this is very interesting. I, uh, uh, I just think it should be standard operating procedure. Any conservative insists on uh, having a, uh, a copy of the interview in case some, I don't know, less than scrupulous editor over at a left-wing news operation decides to get squirrely. As I leave you, Rasmussen, the most accurate polling service in the 2008 presidential election, reports this. Donald Trump is at 50% approval in the presidential daily tracking poll. Just FYI as you go into the weekend. Happy Father's Day, everybody. And remember this until we talk again on Monday. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Great weekend. See you Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Uh -huh.